Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Lateral Show. Fasten your seatbelts, because here we go. chair for the waiver wire episode i have davis bang from fantasy six pack hello hey herbs thanks for having me on man uh long time listener you know finally get to be on the show i'm stoked as hell oh my gosh it's gonna be so much fun oh so many things to talk about so many things took place oh gosh oh man and you know i said it in last week's episode dude there's just something about the waiver wire man dude i get so hyped about this shit i really do i really do <laughs> oh man uh, I don't know. I guess before we move forward, uh, did anything major happen on like the injury front that you know you feel like the world might want to know? Because of it, like Tyrod Taylor, I think I saw something earlier. He's probably going to miss like four games, which means we're going to get Davis Mills at quarterback for the Houston Texans. You know, other than that, I can't really think of anything that isn't going to organically come up as the show evolves. But hey, I don't know if you got anything you want to throw out there up top. And also, just don't tell people where they can find you as well. Uh, you guys find me at fantasy six pack, fantasy six pack dot net. I do the best ball content, which is already over. But I do trade targets every week. So if you don't get your good waivers, you can come find me for trade targets. Uh, you know, a lot of talking points this year, man, this week. I don't know what it is about week two, but people just seem to die on week two. I feel like someone has oh, a voodoo yeah. doll out there just stabs the crap out of all these players. Uh, right now, what we're trying to figure out what happened to Tua, he's day-to-day. We're trying to figure out what happened to Tyrod Taylor with his, I don't want to say expanded hamstring. Like, it was something weird like that. Ooh, then, then now you got, what, Justin Fields, Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton's injured. So the list goes on and on. And, uh, yeah, man. I've never seen these many quarterbacks. And then, of course, obviously, Ryan Fitzpatrick is still out. So we have four starting quarterbacks already done in the first two weeks. The safest position out of all the positions is out. So, Oh, my gosh, right. It's very frustrating. And, you know, as we transition from that into the waiver wire portion of the uh, the episode, well, I say portion of the episode. This is the entire episode. Uh, the quarterback position uh, – the guys that we have pegged as obvious ads, uh, Kirk Cousins for the Minnesota Vikings, uh, 25% rostered on ESPN, 66% on Yahoo. I mean, might be out there, you know, not as likely as he would be on ESPN. And then uh, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, 14% and 17% respectively between ESPN and Yahoo. That's who we really uh, advocate for and push for. But, uh, you know, like it, we in the article that you can find on www.thelateralff.com, you know, and if you listen to the episode last week, we also have, you know, a pool of guys that, you know, we kind of want to discuss a little bit, you know, pick our favorite one from that. Uh, we went ahead and chose Derek Carr, Daniel Jones, and for the second consecutive week, uh, Taylor Heineke. Uh, McLateral went ahead and picked Daniel Jones. Uh, if you want to be on that train, go for it. I can't get there personally yet but hey if we see it one more week from daniel jones perhaps but Derek carr dude i mean yo dude because i mean like 
we talked about this like you know just a little bit before you know we started recording like the Raiders as a whole I mean that kind of seems like a great place to find value right now through these two games Derek Carr being like the number eight you know quarterback in fantasy per fantasydata.com I mean like geez man this dude you know I mean I know he's got his uh his ankle issue or whatever you know is questionable for week three but hey dude if he's available would you feel comfortable rolling out there with Derek Carr as your quarterback I mean once you get to the waivers, you'll start to see how much I love like just the Raiders, even though I'm not even a Raiders fan. And they're about to whip my team next week, oh, no. so, oh, which no. is a shame. But he's, <laughs> he plays well, right? He's a rhythm quarterback. He needs to get into rhythm. He knows that his job is on the line. So usually guys like this, right? Let's say Alex Smith, Jimmy G, players who are always in that hot chair, they need to go to another team. They just fall out. They take deep shots. They get risky. I mean, think about Alex Smith last year. His last year, he was he was known as the conservative guy, and then he puts up a borderline MVP season with the Chiefs. He just goes out, starts throwing deep shots. That's what isn't that what uh, Derek Carr is doing right now? The conservative guy now I mean, taking deep know. shots to Zay Jones, <laughs> like it's oh, crazy to me. So I'm all about it. I think he has the best set of weapons he's had in a while. I, not to say that Amari Cooper, Michael Crabtree were not are better than the, what it is today, but the running backs there two solid wide receivers that complement each other. The best to second best tight end in the league, let's say second best if you want to get crazy with it. And then two running backs that are above average and an O-line that people slept on. Like, they're good. They're a solid team. So, yeah, give me Derek Carr. All day. I, I don't disagree with that. Yeah. I wish he did rush the ball, though, like Daniel Jones did. That guy had, like, a what a 70-yard rush call back or something. Oh, my gosh. And he didn't <laughs> fall over in the process, which, you know, yeah. for him, I mean, that's a step up. That's a, <laughs> Improvement, right? People get better every year. It's crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that, that you know, Daniel Jones would be the pick. But, yeah, Derek Carr, that consistency level, whatever they're projecting for him week to week isn't high enough. Hell, yeah, my dude. So, listeners out there, make your choices. And uh, then we move on to the running back position. Uh, so, uh, Tony Pollard and uh, Kenny Gainwell are the two guys that we feel over at the lateral are just guys you should obviously add. I mean, for, you know, the second week in a row, Tony Pollard has been, you know, more involved in the Cowboys offense than, you know, I think, at least speaking for myself and myself only, you know, more than I anticipated. You know, he got himself over 100 rushing yards, had himself a hell of a game. Uh, you know, and then Kenny Gainwell continues to be involved doing all that shit. So, you know, be on the lookout for that. Shout out the NFC East running backs. Uh, but speaking of NFC East running backs, uh, the players that we have, you know, in the pool for discussion, uh, one JD McKissick, who is in fact, uh, McLateral's pick this week. Uh, and look, I, I get it, you know, especially you know, being a DC area native, I was a little concerned about what McKissick's involvement in the offense would be this year you know, in a team led by Ryan Fitzpatrick and, you know, his tendency to push the ball, you know, downfield rather than just try and throw like five feet to his left, you know, constantly. But it seems with Taylor Heineke as the quarterback, they want to have McKissick a little more involved. That game on Thursday night reminded me a lot more of the offense we saw last year. So, hey, I'm here. I'm believing it. But uh, Cordero Patterson of the Falcons is my pick because, I mean, dude, I don't know. Man, he's getting he's getting involved. You know, especially, you know, in the area of the field where you want it to count, man. You know, like, once they get into the red zone, it seems they're looking for Cordero Patterson. But uh, before I pass it off to you, I will just mention to people, um, on Johnson is on the 49ers practice squad. 
They also brought in Lamar Miller and Duke Johnson for visits because who knows what's going to happen with their running back room because, you know, they already facing, you know, the loss of Raheem Mostert. Uh, it seems like Jamichael Hasty is going to be out for a little while with an ankle issue. Who knows about the severity of, you know, Elijah Mitchell getting banged up himself. So I guess if you're in an insanely deep league or something and you want to pick any of those guys, if something transpires, be my guest. But I don't know that I can personally advocate for it. So McKissick, Patterson, those are the guys that, you know, Malcolm and I picked. I mean, do you have any insight there? Anybody that, you know, anybody that I just named or anybody else that you feel like the world needs to know? Man, uh, the McKissick one stings me because I'm a, I'm a Gibson rosterer. I have him all over the place, and I was hyped on him. But, yeah, he's like, he's, he's flexing right now, right? Like, they love him. Two minutes, you know, the two-minute goal line plays, they just love him. He's a good, quote-unquote, pass protector. And for some reason, Heineke only has eyes for him <laughs> at the oh, time yeah. that he has to pass. And like, when Gibson's out there trying to catch a pass wide open, he's just like, nope. Oh, I'll throw a contested guy. Like, So it's, it is <laughs> kind of gross in that sense. Um, and I, as much as I want to make fun of the 49er situation, you know, starting with the RB7 of the year, you know, the, the, the coaching staff is smart. Kyle Shanahan knows how to get these guys going. He's done it. He's done it with, like, the most craziest makeshift of guys. Jerick oh, McKinnon yeah. last year – two years out of the league comes in and ends up being fancy run for like three weeks straight. So would it surprise me if he made anybody come in and do well, Lamar Miller, who's a dual back, a dual threat back, Duke Johnson, who I will say probably is the worst of them all. Kenny, you know, you know, carry on Johnson comes in and actually gets to play. Like wouldn't surprise me. They'll all probably get injured at some point, but the That's injury you play <laughs> is going to be relevant. Uh, my pick in this it's going to be terrible. I know it's going to be terrible, but this is a long, a long haul. It's going to be Philip Lindsay. Um, you know, he, right. he had like eight to nine points back to back weeks with no touches. Mark Ingram is not the guy, right? 13 t- touches or 13 carries for 40 yards. Like that's not going to get it done. He's slower. And Davis Mills is now going to be out there. They, they need someone that's going to have that burst. And only Lindsay is the guy that on that, on the Texans that roster has it. So eventually when Lindsay gets his 15 to 20 touches, he won't have eight points. He'll have a 15, 16 points because he's already doing it with only four to five touches. So give the guy the ball. He's going to be a 10 plus point every week. He's a long time hold and people are dropping him. So pay attention to your waiver wire guys, because he's going to be there. Oh, dude, I, I back this 100%. I mean, he didn't make the cut for, you know, the article that will drop uh, on the same day that you'll be hearing this episode. Woohoo! Um, you know, I, I talked about him in the offseason as a guy that I was just like, you know, he'll probably emerge in the, you know, the Texans backfield eventually. But last week's episode of uh, the proper lateral show, the long form version, I was like, yeah, you could probably drop him if you want. But hey, mitigating circumstances make it so that you got to change a little bit. So, I mean, hey. If you took my advice and you ended up moving on from him or whatever, it's like, listen to Peng, listen to Peng. He, it's, he, he's a, he's a step ahead of where I was. So just, hey, dude, Philip Lindsay, very, very good point. Definitely something worth keeping an eye on. I still keep, I'm still keeping the faith alive, damn it. I'm still keeping the faith alive. I, I, I mean, we have to, right? He's like in his early, he's in his mid early twenties. Yeah. Mark Ingram as like the backup, and who was the other guy? What Rex Burkhead? Whoever it may be, it's nothing. And then and David David Johnson's still there. Oh, yeah, David Johnson, of. my bad. <laughs> like, so literally nobody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, shit, it's, it's wide open for him. And, you know, age-adjusted, obviously, 
he's the best one there now. Yeah. You know, at different points in their careers. I mean, obviously, you know, you would oh, yeah, have taken, yeah, you would have taken peak Mark Ingram or peak David Johnson over Philip Lindsay. And again, th- no disrespect to Philip Lindsay, obviously, but hey, we're living in the year of 2021 right now. Those guys are a little older. Got you know, you know, is it less tread on their tires? I believe I always get the less tread more tread thing backed up i don't know we'll figure that out at a different point in time words are hard but shout out philip Lindsay. if you're listening you have an invite to come on the show anytime you want um wide receivers man wide receivers there's some pretty interesting ones this week uh you know a guy that we had in the pool last week that we now believe is must add uh zach pascal uh he he did fairly well once again for the indianapolis colts Uh, we got tim patrick in there and then uh you know, we're sneaking in Cordero Patterson as a must-add wide receiver <laughs> because, depending on the platform you play on, you know, he may have the dual eligibility. So we're just kind of, you know, just getting fancy with it, sneaking it in there. That's another appeal that Cordero Patterson brings to the table. Um, but th- some of the guys we have uh, listed, uh, Freddie Swain, Seattle Seahawks, I mean, I, he caught a long bomb. I mean, we'll see if you want to try and pick the Seahawks third receiver, maybe go for it deep enough league. I probably wouldn't do it, but then uh, Emmanuel Sanders, he ended up with the plethora of targets. I think he's done a very good job of seeing a workload. You know, if Josh Allen can get some of the passing stuff, you know, back together, you know, akin to what it was last year, there's a decent chance Emmanuel Sanders could go off for you, but uh, McLateral has chosen KJ Osborne of the Minnesota Vikings as his pick, you know, for the second consecutive week in a row, he has been involved. I think that's pretty cool, but my pick, personally speaking, um, you know, last week I picked uh, Christian Kirk and only briefly mentioned Rondale Moore, but now I'm just going to pivot and highlight Rondale Moore himself because <laughs> it's like, look, dude, going from, you know, five targets week one to eight targets this past week, going up over 100 yards, catching a touchdown, never mind the fumble, but hey, hey, he did a good job. He did a good job. And if you listen to the show that I did with Chris Towers, you know, a couple weeks ago, whatever it was, hey, if you had listened, there's a decent chance Rondell Moore might already be on your team. But on the off chance he isn't, 19% rostered on ESPN, only 33% rostered on Yahoo. So, hey, go ahead, take a look out there, see if you can find yourself some Rondell Moore. Um, anybody else that you would like to add to this conversation? Man, ah. Uh... You know, it, like you said, this is just a fun part of waiver wires. You can kind of go up a lot of guys. Uh, for receivers, I'm going to say every Raiders receiver. I, I, I'm yeah. going to get wild with it, but it's any of the guys. They all do something different. And I've never seen flags take away a player like I've seen it done for, like, Brian Edwards, right? right? Don't, yeah. don't let the numbers lie to you that he only has eight targets. He actually had more than that. And if it wasn't for the flags, he'd also have two touchdowns or the three touchdowns. Bingo. I forget these days. Something but like that. 81 yards week one. We saw that crazy last second, you know, plays that he did. 40 yards this week. But I think he's missing 10 yards in a TD, which was crap that I got taken away from. So, yeah, like he's he's a guy that is going to be on the team that's going to be catching passes at some point. Then you got Henry Ruggs, you know, like this the, the Monday flex play, the, the Sunday night flex play. You're going to put him in there, and he, you hope he gets a deep shot. They're giving him targets. 12 targets, you know, and what? One week, I think like seven targets. Something like ridiculous. Amount. He's yeah. getting the targets out there. Um, yeah, seven and five. He had seven and five, and 
got 113 yards. Like that's what you want to see. Derek Carr saying that my job is still here, and that's he's gonna use Henry Ruggs to do that. Um, then you Hunter Renfro got what 16 targets over the last two weeks, 70 yards and 57 yards, PPR kind of guy. He's basically Lavisca Chanel. Like it's what we wanted from Lavisca Chanel, but he's on the waiver wire, right? He's not catching eight target, you know, eight targets, getting one catch for negative three yards. Hunter Renfro is good at football. You know, we always say that these guys aren't. Well, this guy actually is. If anyone can get six passes, uh, 60 yards, that's 12 in PPR. That's 12 points in PPR automatically. He does anything better than that, you're getting upside. And that's fine. That's an okay stash. Um, other than that, there's not many other receivers I would consider. I would put on the list, though, that keep an eye on the teams that have lost players. Like right now, I know the Texans just lost Nico Collins for four weeks. So maybe Davis Mills, a practice squad friend of his, you know, gets some love. So look at that, whoever that is for week three. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Also, just, just a quick shout out to the fact that, you know, even like having seen the Raiders offense operate over the last couple of weeks, like it's very, it's very interesting. No, kind of like to your point, how like they have very specific roles for each of those guys, but each of those roles presents very unique value. I don't know. I don't quite understand what the offense is doing, <laughs> but I am absolutely here for it because it's like, all right, well, Waller's just going to be the whatever situation type of dude. We'll find him, do whatever. But then we got this dude over here doing his thing, this dude over there doing his thing. And this, wow, I, it's, it's truly marvelous. We may have just underrated the Raiders team as a whole, just generally speaking. Man, I, I don't know. They have the parts. They have yeah. all the parts. They have, if you actually look at all their wide receivers or tight ends and their running backs, they have probably one of the better looking offenses on paper. And if you look past their old line from last year and, you know, look at how Leatherwood and the rest are kind of blinds, it's actually pretty interesting. Like, if you would have given another quarterback those weapons, you know, that someone that you think is elite, it would be great. You'd be like, wow, like, look at those guys, the speedster, the possession guy, the the second best tight end in the league. Like, you'd be so stoked yeah. to see it. But because it's a Raiders team, nobody loves it. Yeah. Man, dude. Actually, well, whoa. speaking of the Raiders, uh, we do have another uh, Raider uh, brought up here in our tight end section. Uh, Foster Moreau, the guy who caught a touchdown. So, I mean, his name is mentioned as an option at tight end, but I, I really don't advocate for it. Uh, other names you could look at, uh, Max Williams out in Arizona. I mean, he was able to capitalize on the opportunity he was given. Uh, Jack Doyle found himself a you know, nice number of targets you know, the other day. Uh, Dawson Knox for the Buffalo Bills. And uh, Pat Fryermuth, he's continuing to see the field over Eric Ebron Moore, you know, the rookie out of Penn State, you know, any other year in a class without Kyle Pitts, you know, Pat Fryermuth probably would be considered the top tight end in a draft class. But personally, uh, I don't see any of these guys as like, I'm rushing out there to add a tight end. If you're really needy at the position, I suppose you could go Jack Doyle, or if you just really want to play the long game in a deeper league, go with Pat Fryermuth. Uh, that's who uh, McLateral has selected, but I... And when you when you see the article, it's it's gonna sound a lot like this. It's like I, mm, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> you, you you don't really. Yeah. I I'm not gonna tell anybody unless they are in dire need at the tight end position to pick anybody up. Yeah, I don't think you have to this week. I really don't. Yeah, it's it's rough. Tight, I mean, tight ends are one of the worst positions to go at, and then you throw in like the guys that weren't drafted. 
I mean, what can you say, right? I think Pat Frymouth is the guy at a pick, right? He's getting the targets. He's getting the snaps. He's a young. He's Heath Miller 2.0. I just wish he was in a better situation where he didn't play with three amazing receivers and an amazing running back. You know, if he was on another team that only had one, one and a half weapons, he'd be the guy. But for me, I'm just going to say, you know, go with the Cowboys. Dalton Schultz, Blake Jarwin. You know, Dak threw a lot less this week, and if he would have actually thrown his usual 300 yards, I think the, any of these guys could have taken off. And Blake Jarwin did do a little bit better than Don Schultz this last week. So that's my pick. They're, they're the guys that PPR tight ends, you know, four catches for 40 yards, like the, the most tight end stat of all stats. Um, other than that, I really can't pick anybody else, right? Because – Who's who's there at this point that's gonna match up like you said Kyle Pitts or or Mark Andrews or TJ Hawkinson who who had a game right so yeah decide what you can yeah because I mean like the the kind of the the little freebie you had on the waiver wire last week probably would have been Jared Cook and you know uh, full disclosure to the listeners uh, I don't have any leagues on Yahoo so I mean. I'm not the one that puts in those Yahoo roster ship numbers, but I will say just for all intents and purposes, Jared Cook is 51.7% rostered. So I mean, like half of you who play on ESPN might have a shot at it, I guess. But I mean, I, I don't, I don't care. I, I, you know, like none of these names really appeal to me too much, but you know, kind of like we've been saying, if, if you're going to go for it, Pat Frymuth, and plus, you know, like resident Steelers fan on the on over here at the lateral. I mean, even in the preseason, it, it seemed like you know could be an interesting red zone target as things evolve. I mean, I think he's pretty good at that. I don't know, just throwing that out there. I suppose uh, we we can move on to something more interesting. Uh, <laughs> the defense and special teams, yes. Uh, so we have this uh, squad as our obvious pick as a site. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to pick them anyway, cause we're not supposed to pick the obvious ads, but I'm doing it because I, you know, have written about them on this website before. And I'm really proud of myself for being correct about something. Uh, the Carolina Panthers, seriously, like, yo man, like two weeks in a row over the double digits. Ooh, and they're getting the Houston Texans on Thursday ooh, against oh, a rookie Mills. Davis Mills. Oh yeah. So like, I oh, just, man. It's it's a slam dunk. It is a slam dunk pick for the Carolina Panthers. If you're not, if you can't get a hold of them, then there are some other. I mean, you could you could pivot to. I mean, the the Bears did fairly well. You know, that's uh, I believe that's who McLateral is picked. Yes, that is who uh, he advocates for. Uh, they're going up against Cleveland. I mean, it could it could be interesting. Uh, other you know teams we have highlighted. I mean, the the Colts defense is a pretty good one. I suppose if you really want to go for it going up against the, you know, Tennessee, if it weren't for, you know, Derrick Henry finding some life this past week against Seattle, maybe we would continue to have more questions about that squad. But, you know, if there's any team that you want to highlight, the floor is yours. Uh, uh, the Panthers is like the one I, I had these guys pitched out like at week one. I, was, I made a joke, like just pick them up in week one guys, because they're not as bad as they look. They're not. And then week two, everyone's going to drop them because they think the Saints is going to clobber them. And if they did, fine. But then you said it. They get the Texas week three. It's it's nice to look ahead of your schedule. This is also why I didn't draft any Washington defense. I, I said it from the get-go. They have, like, the one of the most atrocious first eight weeks besides the Giants. Like, like I don't know why anyone took them thinking it was going to be good. 
Like, um, it's not been pretty. It has <laughs> not, not at all. So my pick, and it's Yahoo. I'm a Yahoo guy, sadly. Uh, I got pinged saying the Arizona Cardinals have been dropped 6,000 leagues across the board, you know, oh for, for wanting me to drop my, my Cardinals. And I'm like, they play the Jaguars week three. Like, why are we dropping players? <laughs> right. Like, like, why are we dropping them now? They're going to play the Jaguars a week three. And like, oh my God, I can, I feel bad for Trevor Lawrence. They're, they're, this defense is going to come back and crush that bad offense. And so my pickup is grab your, your guy who just dropped the Cardinals because they put up only one point this last week. So yeah, go capitalize on that. Cause that's, what's going to happen. Yeah. And plus, I mean, like, I think we talked about it in last week's episode, just the fact that I mean, even for much of, you know, the end of the 2020 season, the Cardinals were a team that you could pick up and stream as a defense. I mean, like that secondary was really starting to come together. And the thing that they really had going for them this offseason, you know, bringing in a J.J. Watt, you know, doing all that bolstering the front seven. I mean, like, yeah, things are really starting to, you know, everything's starting to fall into place. Like, yes, it was a weird shootout against the Vikings, but you can't argue what they did against the Titans in week one. And like you just said, I mean, God, I'll take any defense against Jacksonville for fuck's sake. <laughs> I mean, like yeah. it's just like, oh, it's gonna it's gonna be a nightmare for Trevor give, Lawrence. Give me eleven audience members to come out there, like, and we'll be fine. <laughs> it's yeah, bad. I mean, I don't know. As long as I can, you know, adequately stretch beforehand, I might be able to. You know, just we'll, we'll see. I, I might be able to do a little something, something there. <laughs> but... It's it's so bad right now. I don't. I have never the stat lines. If you ever look at the Jaguars, are something special, like. 51 throws in week one and like 30, you know, how many targets, I mean, throwing passes that he have in like week two. And then he barely eclipses like 200 yards. Like the numbers yeah. just don't make any sense. If I was throwing the ball 50, you know, if any other quarterback threw the ball 50 times and he got more than barely 213 yards or something, we would be blasting them. We'd be blasting them like crazy. Oh yeah. No, 100%. And you know, it's just, man, Oh, gosh. Well, so many other things we can uh, go yeah. down as far as that goes. But uh, then we find ourselves at everyone's favorite portion of the program, uh, kicker, because people play with kickers. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, as somebody who in their home league has been riding with uh, Jason Sanders through two weeks, I know I'm going to I'm gonna need to oh, go. God. Somebody, oh, God. I know. Um, yeah. Yeah, and Malcolm and I are in tandem on this one. Uh, Daniel Carlson of the Raiders. Oh, well, hey, I'm noticing a theme. Hey, it's almost as if the Raiders are pretty good for fantasy. Uh, yeah, I mean, dude, this dude, I mean, putting up double-digit points as a kicker, man. I don't know what it is. And, like, I think at this point, the thing we can really say about Carlson is that he has the range that was fairly well-established last year. But I feel like is now officially, you know, just if for those who were in doubt, uh, I mean, he had three field goals between, you know, 40 and 49 yards. He had a 50 plus yard week one against the Ravens. I mean, like, hey, that's how that's how you make your money doing this stuff as a fantasy kicker, you know. And like for as much as we do like this offense, as has been discussed on this entire episode so far, you know, they'll stall out every now and then and that's kind of what you're looking for for fantasy kickers you know what i mean like yes obviously the high scoring offense guys that will just get you you know the give me extra point extra point extra point like yeah that's helpful but you also kind of need a little bit of an offense that like good enough to get you to field goal range but not quite good enough to score the touchdown all the time so i man dude daniel carlson raiders you know also uh, another name we have to highlight before i hand it over to you uh dustin hopkins for the washington football team 
basically yeah, everything I just said applies <laughs> to the football team offense being able to stall out. Uh, Hopkins range isn't quite as reliable, but he's done okay. So, I mean, hey, there's those are those are two names for you. Uh, I would like to correct myself really fast. Uh, sorry, Trevor Lawrence did do well week one, but he didn't do well. His week two, 33 passing attempts, 118 total yards. Pretty so, gross. That's why I'm just saying, just give me anybody. Um, but my kicker, and I've been kicking from because I love him. Uh, I've always loved this guy. Matt Prater is always my pick of the week for pickups. Rostered in what, like 30-something percent right now in uh, Fantasy Yahoo. He's always been accurate. He was good when he was a Lion. He was good. He was a Bronco. He had that amazing 62-yard kick last week. He's the guy, man. And I know that we want the offenses that get stagnated, but I want the offense that is always out there. Like that's why Harry, that's why we love um, Butker so much because they're always on the field, at least getting 50 yards, 60 yards, and then just kicking three points in, right? Exactly. I think yeah. Prater's in that second boat. He's just another Butker. Because Kyler Murray and the rest of that Arizona Cardinal offense is getting down the field, and then Prater's just kicking in. So whether you're getting pat kicks or you're getting you know 30 yard field goals, 50 yard field goals, like Prater's the guy. Go on the high powered offense, and it doesn't get any more high powered than the Cardinals right now. That is 100 true. I mean, holy damn, mm. long time, all reliable, and also uh, to your point about him being widely available on Yahoo, 36.8 percent rostered on ESPN. So just like, hey, yo, shout out. And guess and he's facing Jacksonville, and then the Rams, and then the 49ers. That's it's a good matchup that you want to be a part of. Three easy games and or three shootouts. Hell yeah! No, it's, oh this this is gonna be this is gonna be good. You know, so oh, yeah, hey, you know, because I feel like this is kind of the critical point. You know, especially like heading into Week Three, especially heading into Week Four, because like I don't, know, I'm one of those people that like i like the uh the the three week sample sizes just you know just how my brain works man if you can just go ahead and scoop those kickers that you can probably use for the rest of the year just based off of these outputs i mean like there's a decent chance you could just like ride these dudes for the rest of it and never have to think about it again so like seriously i mean like i know that there are people out there that have mixed feelings about playing with kickers in their leagues but hey it does not have to be that complicated, folks. It really doesn't have to be that complicated. You follow these trends, and you can just lock these dudes in. So, hey, shout out. Shout out. Fantasy doesn't have to be harder than you make it, folks. It really doesn't. <laughs> like, oh. I'm about to add more kickers to my Scott Fishbowl team because my, my team is not good <laughs> at all. Yeah, I, I, you know, and there's absolutely, you know, nothing wrong with that approach. I think, you know, like, the shout out uh, at Lindellians. Uh, she has been vindicated, you know. I would, for, for any sort of uh, hate that she got for advocating for the kickers, it seems that that's really starting to pay off. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. I guess we can round this out with uh, any players that have kind of frustrated you toward the beginning of the season – thus far that you feel comfortable dropping just off the top of your head. If you don't have anything, we don't have to go into it, but I will just freely advertise for me, for my purposes. If you have to move on from Marquez Calloway, you can move on from Marquez Calloway. It, it breaks my heart. It absolutely breaks my heart. I don't want to see him go. Oh gosh. I was yeah. so excited about the potential he could have in the state's offense, but it just, man. Oh God. Oh, the way that Jameis Winston looked, <laughs> it's like, oh man, if I bad. had to make, yeah, if I had to make space, oh, I hate it, but eh, 
go for it. You could probably drop Marquez Callaway. Uh, I don't know if you have anybody you want to throw out there, but if I could second and third that person, I would. Uh, <laughs> I, if I could call myself and vote like five more times, Marquez Callaway hits that list over and over and over. Um, another guy, I'm honestly, I you can't really drop them because you're not going to drop them, but you could. You should be trading literally every Jaguars player besides Marvin Jones. He's one of my big trade targets away. Sell low is literally every Jaguars player. I want nothing to do with it. Get rid of them if you can. Drop them if you must. But holding out hope that this Urban Meyer offense figures it out, it's bad. Like, I, I would equivalent these guys to the 2020 Jets. And can you remember any 2020 Jet player that was relevant all at all 16 weeks? I absolutely do not. <laughs> yeah. So, like, that's the team. Like, that is exactly what this team is. Plus Marvin Jones, right? Like, yay. So, um, they're completely disappointing. I would, if you can't get a trade, then just drop them because there, there's nothing you can do with those guys. I don't think you're going to have the confidence to ever start these guys outside of Marvin Jones. Yeah, it's it's been real disappointing, especially as somebody who invested heavily in LaVisca Chenault over the offseason. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. I love the player, but like you said, it's just like everything is so frustrating, dude. Like, oh, God, makes me want to pull my hair out. And I'm balding. That says something. I'm already losing my hair naturally. <laughs> so if this is making me want to further the loss of my own hair, that's that's a problem. Like, oh, gosh, it's just it's awful. It, it is. It's. I, I don't know. I couldn't. I can't sigh harder than I have ever sighed than like getting my hopes up for like this terrible offense. <laughs> like I was like, yeah, like this is gonna be cool, you know. Like Lavisca, I love the slot receivers. Like and you know, eight targets a game, air yards, yeah. But, like we always talk about that, but you get two thousand air yards, you make like five yards out of it. Like that doesn't mean anything to me. They're they're in the air, <laughs> right? So I, yeah. and that's, that's what I feel right now. Well, uh, I hate to. Hate to end things on a on a sad note, but oh, we could we could oh wait no we don't have to end on a sad note because even though this episode is concluding, just one day from now it'll be back with another edition of the Lateral Show proper, the full like hour plus long thing where you know yeah uh, Lateral and I will probably you know say some things that we're sad about to start the show, but hey looking forward into week three gonna be a lot of fun a lot of interesting games to preview uh he is at mclateral ff you will hear him again on tomorrow's episode i am at herms nfl you can find me on twitter there at, at the lateral ff on twitter www.thelateralff.com and one more time my guy tell the people where they can find you and all of your fine work you put out into the interwebs you can find me at pangs picks ff on twitter i will literally reply to almost anything and everything even hate it's fun um, you can find me on Sports Me. Same thing, Pangs Picks FF. And uh, catch me on fantasy6pet.net. I do trade targets. And some of my trade targets I talked on this point are in that article with a little bit more words that um, are actually condensed well. <laughs> so, yeah, that's where you can find me. Hell yeah. And hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll have you back on this show in the future. But until that time occurs, we will talk to you Later. Oh, the lateral show. Beep, boop. Follow the lateral on Twitter at the lateral FF and check out the website www.thelateralff.com. <laughs>